Hey, it's Kimberly, host of the Start Me Up podcast. If you like your politics with some loose talk and salty language, you're going to love my show. I interview the coolest people like Mary Trump, Kathy Griffin, and DNC chair Jamie Harrison. The Start Me Up podcast has an easygoing, casual style and a strong emphasis on left-leaning politics. We also have frank discussions about sex and more than a few spirited rants. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup or wherever you get your podcasts and start listening today. Muller She Wrote is brought to you by our amazing patrons. For as little as $1 a month, you can subscribe and receive our weekly newsletter, bonus content and infographics, my research notes, and links to all the pertinent articles we discuss on the show. Help us make Muller She Wrote by becoming a Podbean patron by finding us on Podbean and clicking Become a Patron. Follow us and subscribe on Podbean, and please leave us a rating or a comment. Podbean has been kind enough to feature us as a recommended podcast beginning on Valentine's Day, so help us show them some love. Thank you so much for your support. This podcast contains explicit language. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I did have, not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hi, I'm A.G. This is Muller She Wrote. With me, as always, is Jordan Coburn. Hello, everyone. And I got Jaleesa Johnson. Hey, what's up? Awesome. I realized during our phone call uh, last week with the amazing Chris Vega that I introduced myself with a name instead of A.G. And I just wanted you all to know I made that up to throw you off my set. <laughs> so it's totally fake. Don't even listen to it. I'm diabolical. Uh, anyway, what's new, you guys? How was your week? Was it good? Us? Yeah, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm... I want everyone else out there. I want all the listeners <laughs> to answer on the count of three. How was your week? It was good. Yeah, it was busy. Excellent. You give yeah. shows? You guys doing some shows or anything? Yeah. Best of at the store in La Jolla. Oh. Yeah, I did that. did the last spot. Nice. Yeah, that was nice. Ooh, clean up. Yeah, I was a little tipsy, so I barely remember. But it was fun. <laughs> I, a little tipsy, so I barely remember. Julissa, you weren't there at all. I'm sorry to tell you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this week, Jordan's going to be talking to us about the dumb memo drama. Uh, and Jaleesa has kindly agreed to tell us about uh, Rob Porter and Hope Hicks on this special Valentine's Day edition <laughs> of Muller She Wrote. It's a really lovely, wonderful like love story oh, yeah. that you guys need. I do have a correction from last week's show. Uh, well, less of a correction and more of an explanation uh, about sarcasm. <laughs> so uh, Gorbisaya13 on Twitter pointed out that I posited Sally Yates was fired for signing off uh, on a Carter Page FISA warrant when she was actually fired for blocking the Muslim ban. Right. Uh, I am fully aware that that's what the public was told, but I think she was fired for the same reasons Bente, Rebicki, Baker, and McCabe were fired. Uh, I did not clarify the difference between fact uh, and, you know, we know what's really going on here, conjecture. So I wanted to make that clarification. So thank you, Gorbisaya13, for pointing that out. 
Uh, I also wanted to answer a subscriber question. So a listener asked if they could be a monthly subscriber, uh, but pay all at once up front. Uh, neither of our services uh, that we have subscribe uh, subscriber ability through allow for that. But if you want to sign up for like a buck a month and get all the notes and newsletters and stuff, uh, and then just, you know, Venmo us the rest. We're totally down for whatever. Oh, yeah. And also, our merch is going to be available for individual purchase uh, as soon as it's made. We just got uh, all the art in, and we're putting it out there soon. So you'll be able to, you know, throw down your dollar a month subscription. And so you don't have to pay, like, a higher monthly subscription rate to get the, the T-shirts or the tote bag or whatever. You can just, you'll be able to buy it separately on, on MullerSheWrote.com. So... Just shoot us an email if you have any questions at hello at MullerSheWrote.com and we'll work something out. So, all right. Now that the formalities are over with, let's just dive into uh, the Muller news with just the facts. All right. On Sunday, ex-CIA director Brennan slammed Nunez pretty hard, saying he abused his power on the Intelligence Committee. BT dubs, we found out the Nunez family is of Portuguese descent, and that's why they don't use the tilde. (laughs) Sorry, my Portuguese friends and listeners. We didn't mean to, you know, somehow mock the Portuguese for not using tildes, but there you have it. It's Nunes. Uh, Brennan said Nunes, the recused chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, by the way, he recused himself, selectively selectively released information to discredit the FBI and the Department of Justice. Uh, Brennan went on to say... Brennan went on to say that the dossier played no role whatsoever in the conclusion that Russia interfered with our 2016 elections. And that conclusion was also made by 17 U.S. intelligence agencies uh, and God and everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Brendan would know he was head of the CIA during the investigation. Right. He's not an idiot. Um, on Monday, that was all for Sunday. Not too bad. Uh, on Monday, the New York Times reported that Trump's lawyers encouraged him to refuse an interview with Mueller. Well, two of his lawyers did. The other one uh, is not. He's, he's encouraging him to speak to Mueller. So. What? So Dowd, uh, who looks like Droopy Dog, by the way. <laughs> I don't like Muller. Droopy Dog uh, Loud. <laughs> Dowd and Seculo uh, want Trump to refuse the interview. Ty Cobb, uh, the great baseball hitter, uh, wants him to take the interview. So those are the facts, but I don't know, you guys. Some folks think this is Trump's best gambit. Refuse the interview and hope Mueller doesn't subpoena you. If Trump agrees to an interview... He gets to sit down with lawyers present, probably in the Oval Office, all comfy-like. <laughs> but if but if Mueller calls his bluff and subpoenas him, he, he can refuse, which means it would go to court and Trump would probably lose and have to appear anyway. And that way he would have to appear in a grand jury situation. So you go there and you don't get your lawyer. Plus, uh, refusing to testify makes you look politically guilty, but not probably to his base. They see him as doing no wrong. Is so. that 95% or 90% approval of Republicans? Right yeah, now? something horrible. <laughs> of the Republicans who are left. True. true <laughs> Many yeah. have left the party. Yeah. Um, so I've seen a lot of Trump supporters get up in arms about this, saying, you assume his guilt, that's unconstitutional. You're assuming he's guilty if he refuses to testify. And, and then I have to explain that the court of public opinion is different from the court of actual law. Right. <laughs> like, there's political things and then there's legal things. Like, him him firing uh, Rod Rosenstein to, to block the Mueller investigation is legal, but it looks really bad. It's political suicide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like when you get pulled over for a DUI and you're clearly drunk as fuck and you refuse to do a breathalyzer test. Right. <laughs> right. But if you're sober, I don't know. I never drive sober. Um, <laughs> 
I'm we'll t- edit that out. No worries. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, either way, Trump has stirred up enough shit about the credibility of the FBI and the DOJ that no matter what happens, he'll probably be able to convince his base he was treated unfairly. Um, and whether Congress falls for it or not is totally different. But we, we know a lot of House Republicans are bought and paid for. Uh, with compromising intel of some sort. Sponsored by compromising intel. <laughs> and they'll sit on Trump's tip until the bitter end, I think. So, <laughs> so what do you what do you guys think? If you were Trump's lawyers, would you have him sit down? Would you encourage him to sit down with Mueller? Uh, like, knowing that Mueller could then subpoena you and force you to testify to a grand jury without the lawyers under oath? Or do you think they're playing, like, a good cop, bad cop? Like, so Trump can be like, oh, I wanted to testify. I love testifying. I'm the most <laughs> tremendous testifier. Yeah. Talking is my favorite thing. But my lawyer said no. So, I, you know, what do you think? What do you guys think? I, I personally think that this could be their Johnny Cochran moment. They could really save Trump. Like, if there's, a, there's a chance that, I mean, it's sad to me, but they could also get away with this at least long enough for him to, I don't know, run off somewhere. But I think the lawyers would be smart to not let him do the interview. But according to Stephen Colbert, uh, Trump should do it. Definitely. He'd be the best. Go for it. We're all encouraging you. <laughs> you would be the best testifier. Oh, yeah. It. But yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 super dangerous for him. Everybody says this, even down to Roger Stone, the slimiest slime fuck in the slime fest. He's like, <laughs> don't know. It's a perjury trap, you know, and the, it's it, a perjury <laughs> trap. <laughs> Things are perjury traps if you're a liar. Yeah. Um, and it just reminded me of that old 60s movie. And I think it was remade again with Lindsay Lohan called The Parent Trap. Oh, yeah. And I want somebody to please take that um, movie poster and make me a perjury trap poster because I think that would be outstanding. Oh, that would be amazing. So and I had another I had another idea, too. I, I wanted to do, like, put uh, all the whole the house Trump in, like, on, on the bridge of the Starship Enterprise and, like, everyone except for Trump is wearing red shirts because they're all expendable. <laughs> That's my other idea. I uh, I think that they've proven to pretty much just do every other thing that they can to divert from whatever, you know, is being requested. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't make any sense at all for him to just straightforward accept the, uh, you know, subpoena at right. all. Um so I don't know if they did I would be very suspicious if that's what winds up happening we all would I mean there's there's really no good way out of this for him I think it's just a game of stalling uh, until he can get some sort of good intel to fire Rosenstein I don't I think honestly I think Trump and his lawyers are so fucked and they know it that they're just trying to stall the inevitable as long as they can oh yeah until maybe something will pop up like maybe they'll find out that Mueller uh, has prostitutes peeing on him somewhere and there's a tape <laughs> oh wait no that's Trump still um I don't know I'm still waiting for that link I think it's a I just think it's they're just stalling right I mean, would that be the cherry on top would you really would you watch the P tape of course right oh yeah no doubt no doubt I've watched way worse tapes. <laughs> I have a trash can next to me while I watch it, so I can vomit, but I'd watch it. As long as Trump's not naked. Can we... Oh, I know. God. You know he is. You know he is. Oh, barf. Who likes getting peed on with clothes? That's ridiculous. <laughs> he might be weird. You never know. You never know. Yeah, I think they're stalling. Are we kind of in, in, yeah, uh, for sure. in concurrence with that? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, they don't have another choice. They just have to put it off as long as they can and hope some dirt comes up on somebody so they can fire somebody. And works for OJ. <laughs> so many things worked for OJ. That's <laughs> true. So sad. Uh, Nunez also conceded Monday that there was an error in his memo and that the Fisk judge, the the 
the guy who issued the FISA warrant, was told the dossier came from Oppo Research. Oops. <laughs> Oopsie. So you just, did you, and I... Republican I, Oppo Research. Yeah. And initially. I want to be like, did you... Did you make that up when you wrote it, or were you did, were you willfully lying, or were you just dumb? Like what? Hmm. I mean, this nobody in this administration Google shit before they say it anyway. So it, which know. is so weird to me. It's like you know, when Kanye tweets, like he doesn't talk to anyone; it just says whatever. That's what it feels like. Yeah, like they don't Google anything. It seems basic as because we're comics, right? You come up with a joke or a premise. What's the first thing that you do? Yeah, make Google sure it. no one make else sure has, no one has it. it. Yeah. You Google it why is that hard like even comedians know be cool to have an open mic night at the white house that'd be great (laughs) it's a bringer it's fabulous (laughs) also nunez said on monday that when questioned during the vote to release the dem memo quote oh wait excuse me excuse me let me start that again Mm -hmm. also uh on monday uh, in the meeting to release the Dem memo, where they voted unanimously to release it, Nunes was questioned again, and he said the White House was not involved in the literal drafting of the memo. But when pressed if the White House advised on the memo or corroborated with Nunes in any way or in any theoretical aspects of the memo, Nunes again refused to answer. That's according to Adam Schiff, who was in the meeting. Hmm. Uh, also on Monday, the New York Times submitted a FOIA request to unseal the documents on surveillance of Carter Page. Nice. They did this because they believe that Trump set a precedent uh, when he released the Nunes memo that lowers the shield of security surrounding such materials. So, uh, and and that's the, so they're like, well, show us the rest. <clears throat> He's like, uh, you you clearly have lowered the bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So unseal the FISA warrant yeah. uh, application, please. Wouldn't that be lovely if he actually was consistent? Also terrifying, though. Well, (laughs) what I'm hoping, and we'll talk about this later when we talk about the dumb memo, and, 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 uh, you know, we'll we'll, we'll get there later. Yeah. Uh, But I I think it could go to court, so. Oh. And there is now a precedent set by Trump himself. But we'll go on here. Business Insider reported that KT McFarland has withdrawn her name as the nominee to be the ambassador to Singapore. If you remember, she was number two at the NSA under Flynn. Uh, she had sent that email saying Russia had thrown the election to Trump. Uh, so he'll be, you know, going easy on sanctions for them. And you'll also remember her mentor, Bud McFarlane. Uh, Jaleesa, you reported this. It was, was part mm-hmm. of the Mayflower meeting where, oh, the, yeah. where the Marshall Plan was discussed, basically. Yep. And that's the same thing Flynn was texting Copson, his business partner, about on the inauguration day as during the swearing-in ceremony, saying the sanctions are going to be ripped up, <laughs> uh, which it appears they are. So... <laughs> The Russia sanctions voted on 517 to 5 last August. We're due in October, and then again January 29th. I can't believe they're delivering on that. Last week. Uh, They still have not been imposed by the Trump White House. But we have had three Russian spy chiefs, one of which is sanctioned and would have had to have special permission to come into the country at all, um, visiting our CIA director. So... And we still don't know what happened then. And meanwhile, we've got two tankers containing Russian oil pulling into Boston Harbor... Uh, like, oh, this is I all... I saw two ships at, um, like, Black's Beach, <laughs> and I got, I got freaked out. I was like, they're just sitting there. <laughs> I don't know. Black's Beach is a nude beach, everyone listening, so now <laughs> I know what type of person Julissa is. That's why I hesitated. I was like, why did I just say that? <laughs> I was vulnerable. I can imagine, like, people out, like, listening who have no idea what Black's Beach is thought, wondered, like, why you called it that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
I was the only black person today. It was very ironic. <laughs> yeah, because it's in La Jolla. So yeah. For sure you Black people are allowed in La Jolla, you guys. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, it's very, and, uh, you know, nude beaches, that's not fair to the white guys. Yeah. You know, the rich white guys Just are like, Just a naked white man mm-hmm. complains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's called dick privilege. <laughs> uh, that brings us to Tuesday morning. <laughs> Tuesday morning, when Bannon's lawyer released a statement that he would only answer 14 specific yes or no questions in writing to the House Intelligence Committee. (laughs) Congress then subpoenaed Bannon's, uh, or suspended Bannon's subpoena until next week, which incidentally is when Bannon is set to meet with Mueller. Also, it's important to remember Bannon has the same lawyer as the White House lawyer, and I personally believe that Mueller is choking off these congressional testimonies until he can speak with these guys. Oh, I hope so. So, and, and I'm surprised, like, I feel like that almost can't be right because the Democrats on the House Intel Committee are like, no, we need to subpoena him. We have to force him to be here. We gotta, uh, And they seem angry. And I don't know if they are play acting angry. Like Mueller wouldn't tell them. He couldn't trust them. Well, but they have to at least guess. I mean, if I'm guessing, who the fuck am I? I think you're really smart. Okay. You <laughs> <laughs> should run for office. Maybe I'll run for Congress one day. Uh, yeah, the bar's not high right now, so... Um, it's sad, but true. Hmm. But I, I, I have to imagine that at least Adam Schiff is probably like, I I don't want Bannon to testify. I don't want Bannon's testimony to get out to the White House before Mueller has a chance to talk to him. Right. But maybe to, uh, you know, as just a political move, he has to appear angry about it because he wants the Democrats, the voting Democrats, to think he's doing his job. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I hope we find out, too, at the end of this. Those are the kind of things that I really want to know, like, who was playing along, and that'll be kind of interesting. I'm I'm so sad that, like, even even a lot of the Watergate stuff hasn't been declassified what? yet. So it's like, I you don't know that know. I'm going to live long enough to see, like, the answer to this. And now, like, my own, like, you know, I'm getting older, and I'm afraid of my own mortality, but seriously, the thing that bums me out the most is I might not find out all the answers oh, to this man. investigation. It's like your bucket list number one. <laughs> messed up like oh yeah i won't be here and exist anymore but i won't know what happened the Mueller investigation oh my god uh tuesday also brought us that amazing new reporting on christopher Steele, and i'm going to cover that in uh, detail a little more detail a little bit uh later there were also rumors swirling around my twitter sphere uh about uh after brian uh krasenstein i'm assuming it's pronounced the same as rosenstein i don't want to insult you brian uh you'd had a thread on carter page being a double agent Meaning he's been working for the U.S. this whole time. Like, even before the 2013 spiring, he was a double agent. And I don't know. I I had a lot of people ask me about this this week, and I don't think... I just think he's a fucking idiot. I don't think he's... I don't think he's... Maybe his hat's working for the U.S., and he's working for... (laughs) I don't think he's... in his hat. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's so dumb. The floppy The big red hat, yeah. Like, he got it at hat night at the Petco Park. He has his own Twitter account. You guys should... I gotta follow his hat. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I just, I don't see it. Because, first of all, why would you, because FISA warrants um, are hard to get. So why would you get a FISA warrant and renew it three times on somebody who is working for you? Right. Unless that's some sort of Part a cover. Of but But all that's, uh, none of that's public information. We weren't supposed to know about that. We didn't know about it until the Nunes memo, you know. So, I mean, I mm, mm. don't know. What do you think? You said no? I don't think he's a double agent. Uh, I would need to see more proof that he's smart yeah 
Because everything classifies him as an idiot. The smartest people connect the most dumb. Right. Ooh, it's that's part true. of yeah. Yeah, so that was their. But assertion. he would have to be a fucking genius. Yeah, true. That's what they're saying. He's a genius and he's an amazing actor. I uh, guess we'll find out. That's actually interesting. Yeah, he hasn't so. been charged. That's the other thing. Well, he's not. He's not been charged. One of those sealed sealed indictments could be his. Is it not considered just an ongoing investigation though? Right, but I mean, you know, Papadopoulos was, right, and Papadopoulos and Page are kind of two peas in the same pot. And yeah, and he's the one that this whole memo thing is really at the mm-hmm. crux, he's at the crux of all of that. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it mm-hmm. would be politically advantageous to charge him if he's got enough, if they've got enough evidence against him, unless for some reason that alerts the White House to some stuff that none of us know and they don't want the White House to know. Right. There's so much that could be going on that we just have no idea. Yeah, yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, Also on Tuesday, oh my God, a listener named Millicent Womack. This is a great name too. (laughs) She sent me the most amazing video. It's C-SPAN, which is my porn, as you know. (laughs) This, I'm going to put a link to this in our newsletter, which you can get for just a buck a month, you guys. And it's so worth it. You get all my show notes and everything. But this is C-SPAN video from 2004. It's a young and tender James Comey talking about Enron indictments. And Mueller is right there with him. Oh, my God. I watched all 30 minutes of it. I got to see that. I ate a pint of Halo Top. It was... (laughs) Maybe we can get Halo Top as a sponsor. Were you looking at that? yeah. Dude, I eat so much effing Halo Top. I will pump that shit all day. It's 300 calories a pint, you guys. What? 300 calories for a pint Not of ice yet, cream. Not yet, AG. This is for free what you're doing right now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 300. 300. Okay, so our Podbean painters and, and subscribers will get that link to that porn uh, in Thursday's newsletter. <laughs> fan porn. Thank you, Millicent Womack. We appreciate you. Uh, on Wednesday, we have Gates going to court on Wednesday. Uh, for a change of counsel meeting, which is odd, because the last change of counsel, he just filed and sealed documents to the court. Uh, why did he need to go in person? I don't know. This was a tiny little news story in a, that little back corner of, you know, some show that I watched. And I was like, why did he go to court? Didn't he already change the lawyers? Is this another change of lawyers? I haven't been able to find much on it. So uh, if, you, if you have any information on that, tweet at us at Mueller, she wrote. I want to know. Because that's Weird. Gates is in the middle of flipping. Did he did he get what he thought would be a better criminal defense attorney and then got rid of his original defense attorneys and then decided he was going to flip? So he just, I don't know, maybe he hired McGann's attorney, <laughs> McGann Priebus. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and Bannon's attorney. I don't know. I can't I can't find the rest of it. All I know is that he went to a hearing to switch counsel. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was strange. Uh, Trump said Tuesday he will... Uh, he, he that he wants to talk to Mueller, even though two of his three lawyers, pretty much uh, every human on the planet knows that's a bad idea for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we talked about that a little bit earlier. But this is probably his little man syndrome, like all knotted up. So he's posturing like he can totally handle Mueller. You know, <laughs> I don't know if it's that or if it's a good cop, bad cop thing. Like I said, like he's setting himself up so right. that. So that I've if, always cooperated. Yeah, I well, want he does it. this too. He did it with his taxes, but he never actually showed them. Mm-hmm. So you know, he's just saying he wants to talk to him, but he probably really doesn't. No, I wouldn't. I mean, I do, but not if I was in trouble. <laughs> well, it depends on. Never mind. <clears throat> Adam Schiff called for a subpoena for Corey Lewandowski to compel him to testify at the HIC. If you, that's House Intelligence Committee. That's that's AG speak for. House Intelligence Committee. I'm sorry. Sometimes I realize that I, because I was in the military and worked for the government, I throw out all these acronyms all the time, and I'm like, you don't even know what I'm talking about. Uh, if you remember from episode 12, Lewandowski appeared last month 
Uh, and he said he wasn't prepared to answer questions, asserting uh, he was there voluntarily. Uh, he had then agreed to appear later, but he hasn't. Uh, and this seems to be part of a group of people stalling their testimony to the House Intelligence Committee, including Hope Hicks and Steve Bannon. I really think they're working with Mueller. This is my, that's not, this isn't facts. We're into the hope now. Uh, but I think they're working with Mueller on something big and I, and, I, and they don't want Don, Don Jr. Kushner to know about it. Right. Or, you know, Don. <laughs> Trump. <laughs> uh, Thursday. Um, on Thursday, a guy named Navalny, uh, he's the opposition leader in the upcoming Russian elections, uh, but he got actually removed, Putin removed him from running. I was going to say, how does that even work with Putin? Like, is he well, cool he, he charged him with a crime and then said he couldn't run because he was a criminal. Classic Putin move. That's just so Navalny. He's he's like the opposition to the Putin, the whole Putin thing, and and so he released a tape of Deripaska briefing a Kremlin official on a yacht about his private briefs with Paul Manafort. If you remember back in July of 2016, um, Manafort offered Deripaska private back channel briefings on the Trump campaign, um, and this tape is from August, so it's from a month later. And in the tape, you can hear um, uh, Deripaska reporting uh, things from a Manafort briefing to a Kremlin official on a boat. On a boat, bitch. <laughs> so we'll have a link to that tape in this week's newsletter. I think this is huge news. Seth, Seth Abramson did a huge, uh, uh, what do you call it, Twitter thread mm-hmm. uh, and about the whole thing. And he starts way back. He gives you all the history. It's like 110 different wow. tweets in this thread. But it's really interesting if you get a chance to look up Seth Abramson on Twitter, and then we'll have a link to this video also uh, in our newsletter, so you can check that out. It's a, I thought that was pretty damning evidence uh, that there was collusion and a back channel was set up with Manafort, so interesting. NBC reported Thursday um, that Russia targeted voter rolls in 21 states, hacking 21 states, and successfully hacked into five states' voter rolls. Were you, uh, did it release which states exactly? Yes. There's a map out there too, yeah. Mm-hmm, and I can't remember which ones they are. I'd be curious to California see California is one of them. I think I Texas is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But they, they went for 21 and they got into five. So when, when Trump supporters sit there and say they didn't like hack into the elections, they just influenced it. Well, no, they actually hacked into the mm-hmm. voter rolls. Um, in, in some pretty key states too. So I think right. Wisconsin's in there. I'd have to look, but. <clears throat> But anyway, that yeah, so that's terrifying. And, and we, we know of the hacking of the DNC and, and all that too, right? So that still counts. Like, it's just crazy that people still dispute that. Yeah, it's Trump specifically. Actually, 99% of the world is like, Russia meddled in our elections. Mm-hmm. Trump is like the last holdout. Because he's got this some ego thing built up that if Russia actually hacked into the elections, he the election, really win. that he's illegitimate somehow. And the rest of us are sitting over here like, dude, we don't even give a fuck about that. Right. I mean, I do. I, you know, I think the election was illegitimate. I want to make that clear. But um, you can't take it back. Mm-hmm. You know, you are the president. He's the president. Well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, you can't. There's you can't. no, there's no way you could. I mean, what do you do? Special election. Mm. That'd be crazy. That'd be chaos. It would be pretty. <laughs> crazy. He just has a stroke of moral integrity. <laughs> He's like, you know what, guys, you're right. <laughs> Let's just redo this thing. Make it fair and square. Good point. Good point. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think that you can do that anyway. So you know, it's like that's just what happened. But he he just he believes that if if Russia 
any had any influence whatsoever that that uh, he'll have a hard time like he thinks the whole world would be like you're an illegitimate president and i would but they're you know. already saying it though <laughs> i know i know but he's not that's he's not watching that news his approval numbers are also inching up which is mm-hmm. scary since the state of the union yeah state of the yeah. union tax bill mm-hmm. um jobs <clears throat> we'll see what happens the, the job report was pretty good in january mm-hmm. uh, uh stock market's been crazy this week but Nobody really knows why. Only rich people care about that. True. Um, yeah, the, the stock market is not the economy. Important important to note. On um, Friday, we found out John Kelly offered his resignation. Uh, though, offered, yeah. Though yeah. Kelly denies it. What? Um, yeah, Kelly says he never offered to resign. Washington Post's incredible reporting says sources who were in a staff meeting with Kelly Friday morning are asserting that Kelly told his staff to tell the public he'd reacted by firing Porter within 40 minutes of finding out about the domestic violence allegations. First of all, that, that means that uh, Kelly didn't know about any of this until he saw the pictures. Which and is then a he, even after that, he still released a statement of support for Rob Porter. If you, if, by the way, I, I'm sorry, I didn't even give a lead in here. Rob Porter is the White House um, staff secretary who mm-hmm. resigned this week uh, amidst um, allegations of abusing his wives. Not wife, wives. Two, yeah, two. two of his past wives. Um, and so Kelly, uh, released a statement saying he's a great dude, you know, leave him alone. <laughs> and then, then they sh- apparently showed him pictures of her black eye, according to him. And mm-hmm. then he went, no, he's still great. And then the next day he said, these sh- allegations are shocking. <laughs> um, but, uh, other reporting shows that the white house was told via Don McGahn, um, the white house counsel four times in 2017 starting mm-hmm. in January about these allegations and that's why this guy Porter never got a security clearance because right. he beat up his wives that's one thing you're not you know one of the many things that they won't give you a security clearance for is if you have a felony or yeah. you're a dick yeah like the police got involved he broke into one of his ex-wives houses and she had to call the cops on him and mm-hmm. it was like all on record restraining order against mm-hmm. him and stuff so yeah so that's that's something that will not let you get a security clearance but this guy worked and, and the White House knew the whole year. Yeah. And they knew the FBI had said the reason he doesn't have this security clearance is because of this. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they still kept him around. And then John yep. Kelly acts surprised. And then he sat his staff down and said, tell everyone I was surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rob Porter smashed through a window, too. I just want to make that clear. I don't want mm-hmm. people to be like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, fucking crazy ex-wives, you know, always are yeah. saying their husbands did stuff. It's like, no, this guy, He's like, power punched problem. through a glass window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's an amazing douchebag. Uh, we also found out Friday that Trump blocked the Democratic memo. He was given it Monday um, after a unanimous vote in the House Intelligence Committee um, to release it, and he had five days to decide, and on the fifth day, he said no. So uh, Jordan's going to talk about that a little bit later, the Dem memo. Um, the big news on Friday, and I thought this was a pretty, like, an actual reasonable week in the news. Like, I was like, oh, we only have a couple of guys who beat up their wives in the White House and no security <laughs> clearances and stuff. But, uh, okay, maybe we might get through this week without, you know, too much craziness. But then on Friday, Rachel Brand resigned. <clears throat> Rachel Brand is the number three in the Justice Department. She resigned without notice to take a job in the private sector, uh, at Walmart, actually. Ugh. And I saw Benjamin Wittes on Friday uh, on MSNBC explain that he spoke to Brand, who's a friend of his, and she says there's no correlation between the Mueller investigation, the Nunes memo that provides political pretext to fire Rosenstein, and her abrupt departure. So uh, 
even if Trump doesn't fire or didn't fire Rosenstein, if if uh, if he asked him to fire Mueller, he would likely resign because he he said he would only fire. He said under oath, I'll only fire him if he does something wrong. And he hasn't. So I haven't seen a reason to fire him. Yeah. He's already signed off on the FISA warrants, too. So, yeah. One. Yeah. Just one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if he didn't. Um, well, let's say he asked Rosenstein to fire Mueller and, and Rosenstein said no and resigned. That leaves the associate attorney general the next in line. And that was Rachel Brand. So she's gone now. That's a lot like the Saturday Night Massacre, right? During Watergate. In that case, the third in line was Bork. And he did fire the special counsel mm-hmm. at the behest of Nixon. Uh, the person rumored to take Brand's place is a Trump appointee that would probably be more likely to carry out such an order, or at least to block or impede the Mueller investigation. Uh, some postulate that perhaps Walmart indeed made her an offer she couldn't refuse. She's just a cashier. Walmart. <laughs> She's the greeter. Nice. She's like, I'll do any fucking thing besides this. <laughs> Walmart is a huge GOP um, donator. Donor. Mm-hmm. Huge GOP donor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. She got an offer, a really good offer from Walmart. It's interesting. It I think. is. Local business killer, low wage, low benefits, did, horrible uh, employer. Did to avoid looking like he fired her, could he have gone to Walmart and said, make, make her an offer she can't refuse? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. It's interesting to postulate. Yeah, yeah. interesting time to step down and go well, work for Walmart. <laughs> yeah, a GOP backer. Really, I don't know. I I personally think she's been forced out. Um, the fourth in line of succession after her was Dana Bente <laughs> when he was in the Eastern District of Virginia. He's gone. Weird. She's number three. She's gone. Huh. Rosenstein's left. This is crazy. So, now, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, if, if if he fires Rosenstein, you know, this guy, at Jose, it's not Jose Canseco. That's a baseball player. <laughs> I have his name later on in the notes, and I'll tell you what it is. But he's he's a Trump guy. He's he's a super conservative Trump dude. So, uh, he'll, you know, I, I think that he would do the Bork uh, initiative and either fire Mueller if Trump asked him to or interfere or, you know, not allow um, the, like, impede the the investigation by <clears throat> like, if if, uh, if Mueller wants to follow a new line of investigatory uh, issues or if he wants to file charges or uh, indict anyone, he has to go through the person overseeing it at the Department of Justice. And that would be this new guy. It would if... be the new guy. Because Bente's out and now Brand is Are we going to have to ride in the streets if this happens? That's what What I was just thinking is like, okay, so if all these people, you know, all the lines of action get eliminated, what, where do people turn to? We're already marching. And I can't imagine people just sitting here and being like, all right, well, we tried our best. That's it. <laughs> People when, didn't march for um for Nixon either, right? It wasn't that intense for like him as a president to march on all the claims, right? So there was a huge public backlash when he fired Archibald Cox, right? And but, there was also in the Congress, and that's what got him impeached. I feel like there's a just a, a, not just similar, but much more intense frustration now, right, with Trump. So I just wonder, like, is this closer to civil rights? Like, is this like a thing where people are going to just break or like because that's a, if he gets fired, if Rosenstein's out, like that's next level yeah they're they're um and and most of the uh, democrats in the house intelligence committee house judiciary senate judiciary senate intelligence committee have said that firing rosenstein 
is the equivalent of firing Mueller. And there are um, a lot of marches out there that are planned. Like, do you remember? They were yeah. like, if he oh, fires yeah. Mueller, we're doing this. It's the same for Rosenstein. So, mm-hmm. you know, just find it, find your local march if that happens. We should post some links or something. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll find them. Find them for you. So, anyway, that's... Uh, and, oh, also Friday, we I found out, and I think I mentioned this early, dozens of Trump White House aides and appointees still don't have security clearance. Right. So that's interesting. <laughs> or, or permanent security clearance, at least. Right. Not right. like they cool. have like the temporary ones. They haven't. Well, usually, basically, what happens when you get a job with the government, it takes about eight weeks to get a background check done. Uh, so they usually just let you start working, and then they come back with your background results. And if you don't, if you if they aren't going to give you one, they usually fire you. Mm-hmm. They just keep these guys on. Right. Um. So yeah, that's that's bad. These guys are yeah. hi- handling classified intelligence. Yeah. And I was talking to. to- my girlfriend about this actually and um she had an interesting take she considers herself more of like um like a moderate which honestly gets frustrating to me sometimes i know it sounds bad to say that but this was her take she's she's like okay well if they all don't have security clearance but people are touring the white house all the time what's the big deal is that like a strong issue or is that like a low issue in this and i think right now to me it's in the middle it's like wait 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 she thinks it's because they give white house tours to not class to people with right security she likes clearances to, she likes to and I, I feel so bad for calling her out but this is one of her like characteristics and she's kind of proud of it she likes to point out um how leftists can be just as extreme or just like harping on the wrong thing just to kind of like level a playing field in her head so this was one of the issues where she's like all right i see that you're upset about the fact that this guy's still working there when the fbi said he shouldn't be but is well that- here's here's the main where the main concern comes mm-hmm. in he's compromised because he is blackmailable that's what i'm thinking yeah so if an operative wanted to get information out of him and the information that he sees he has access to everything is not stuff that you know you would see willy-nilly walking through the white house Mm -hmm. on a tour because these are the class full-on classified documents classified briefings the president's Mm -hmm. daily brief um super highly classified intelligence and 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 while she's right, like, so what if you don't have a security clearance because you have a, a violent past? How does that make you a guy who would leak something? Right. And it and this might administration, not. though, it's and it, been a... Well, it yeah. might not. But the problem is, is that some operative could find out that you have had, that you've beaten the shit out of your wives and come to you and say, tell me what was in that document mm-hmm. or I'm going to let the whole world know that you've got two right. things out on you. Mm-hmm. So it's not, if she's right in that... Generally, it's yeah. not an issue. But in this case, this particular administration already has this history with being potentially compromised through hacks with Russia. And we know mm-hmm. that, they, you know, it's just so so much evidence is already pointed towards this connection that it's hard to ignore at this point. And that's why Steele, uh, Christopher Steele was so upset. And I'll talk about this a little bit later about Trump getting elected, not because he thinks Trump himself is a piece of shit, mm-hmm. which is true. But that's not the problem. It's he's vulnerable. It's that he was compromised compromise they have a word for it in russia like that's their thing that they they they're good at it that's what it is that's one of the main things that's one of the main things ways they get to people speaking of which i'm so sorry rex tillerson talked about this too recently and it was really disheartening how he said that with russia's like advanced technology and like our vulnerability to their hacking he said well if they really want to do it they're just gonna do it and we can't always stop them that was his response this week he's an oil man so oil man i guess he'll be fine well he's got he could make 
bazillions off of Ross Nafta and any drop in sanctions. What if he believes it? What if he really doesn't? Like, I know there's the one hand where we think that they're with Russia, but what if it's mainly the compromise part and they just really believe that there's nothing they can do? They're just, they really have given up. That's scary. I think it's more just a bunch of, it's a global network of business men that are... So you think he's just complicit more than anything? It's money. Follow the money, I think, is what it all boils down to. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make sure. I mean, you have more... <laughs> yeah, you get more. Uh, you get follow the money, and then on the back it says, "I'm the money." <laughs> yeah, that's so dumb. Yeah. I like it. Okay, <laughs> sorry, Jordan. You oh, no, okay. I was just gonna say you have more political power now with money than you do actual office positions. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's definitely true. That 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 sway comes in pretty hard when when you when you've got that much leverage over people because of because of money situation. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I thought that whole security clearance thing was pretty shocking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's shocking that someone can work for eight weeks, up to eight weeks, without clearance, too. That well, 99% of us get clearance. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I hired, in my tenure at the government, probably between 400 and 600 people. Wow. And they, none of them. I have, I've never had to come back to someone and say, you know, sorry, yeah. you didn't pass your security clearance. Because they, well, on the application, you have to put that, you know, you have to answer these questions. Do you right. have any misdemeanors? Do you have any charges? Do you have any pending? Do you owe the government any money? Stuff like that. And if you lie, you're not going to get the job. And yeah. I'm, we're going to find out about it. That's why this is so weird. And I was going to talk about uh, Corey Lewandowski and, and his security clearance issue and why it's particularly weird that Trump gave him a pass. I don't know how soon coming up to that. but Well, we soon. On and that's, yeah, yeah. that's, I mean, I think I have a good idea why. But right. you, know, we'll, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, we'll be back in just a second. I mean, come on, Ed, it's bullcrap. Don't get me wrong, I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is anchor man, not anchor lady, and that is a scientific fact. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know what we're yelling about. Thank you for listening to Mueller, She Wrote. We're here for you, but you can be here for us, too. Support women in podcasting by becoming a subscriber. It's really easy, and for as little as just $1 a month, you get a lot of rewards in return, including bonus content, show notes, ad-free episodes, including this ad, and links to articles and infographics. You can also choose from gifts from our merchandise, including the highly anticipated Sexy Justice calendar. And coming soon, you'll be able to purchase items individually without a subscription. But the newsletter and show notes and bonus content are only available to subscribers. So join us, won't you, for just $1 per month. Visit MullerSheWrote.com and click subscribe for details. All right, we're back, you guys. That's the week's news. And I have to tell you, going into Friday, I thought it was one of the quietest news weeks we've had since the first indictments. But then the Rachel Brand story broke and kind of took the air out of our sails. And then we had the memo denial. But there were significant significant developments this week. Uh, One has to do with the White House staff secretary resigning amidst accusations of domestic violence. We talked about him, Mr. Porter. This is significant to the Mueller investigation in, in, in that this person, Rob Porter, did not have security clearance because of these accusations, yet he's been handling classified intel for over a year. And then yet another White House aide, David Sorensen, resigned for the exact same reason. And I can't help but wonder, do you guys remember last week when, uh, you know, after the whole uh, release of the Nunes memo, and the FBI and the DOJ were like, you motherfucker. Like, they were pissed. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, don't fuck with the FBI. And I'm right. like, yeah, don't. All of these things, these guys, the, all this, these accusations that are coming out from uh, security clearances are from the FBI. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, I, I'm not saying that, that I have knowledge that they're the ones who leaked this information, but they're the they ones who hold it. it. Yeah. So are they dropping bombs because they're pissed? 
Like, I think so. It all makes sense now looking back. Like, oh, you're going to be a dick? You're mm-hmm. going to not listen to us? Well, here, we're going to let everybody, uh, oh, maybe uh, the Washington Post will somehow find out about mm-hmm. all of your people who don't have security clearance and why they're such assholes. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. Uh, and uh, I, yeah, that's why I think the FBI is mad. And Jaleesa has this wonderful, touching Valentine's Day love story for us. <laughs> Rob Porter is dating yes. Hope Hicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so totally boning. They are, yes. But Hope Hicks used to be with Corey. And so this is where it all gets interesting. So one theory, as you mentioned, AG. <laughs> Hope Hicks gets around. Yeah. I mean, she's gorgeous, smart. It makes sense, you know. I feel like no, she's like I'm right. just here for the dudes, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was that was not a judgment on my part. That was a high five. I mean, Absolutely, not, not necessarily for these particular dudes, but like you, <laughs> you get some hope. Absolutely, yeah. So it's all good with her. I just I feel like it's interesting that Corey is the one that she used to date because people are starting to think that he's actually the one that tipped the information about the uh, the domestic abuse with Porter's ex wives to the FBI. So there's kind of this, like, love triangle motivation. Wait, so she used to date Lewandowski? Exactly. And so people are thinking that he's the one that might have told the FBI about this in the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. So this is getting really reality TV-ish quick. Which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's totally what we expected. You hire a reality TV president, you get a reality show. He delivers. Um, But yeah, that's where we are, because we don't know exactly how the FBI found out, but that's just what people are speculating. At the same time, if he did beat his wives, which it sounds like he did, of course he should be out. I mean, it's more likely, sorry to interrupt, no worries. but I feel like it's more likely that, like you said, this all this information was known, it was just being kept at bay. Exactly, Because yeah. these are all things that are on public record. There, mm-hmm. there are things that have been spoken about. There are, inter- there are interviews they were referencing from years ago that, of his former employees. Yeah, so the question is why now then? So if John Kelly knew a year ago and, you know, the FBI knew a year Because the ago, FBI dropped the fucking bomb, that's, that's why. That's thinking, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think this is the FBI trying to retaliate in their own way and, and get people swinging their know. little FBI dick a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, I think it's big. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's where we are. Is a, Size queen. Yeah, yeah. I think it's cute, though. I mean, Hope and Rob together, they, they look cute. I mean, he's got problems, but maybe she can change him. He looks like a frat boy <laughs> douchebag. He like, does. he's got tap-out shirts on under his fucking suit. She seems smart, though. <laughs> she seems smart. If she's with him, maybe she sees something that because his, his ex-wives are actually coming out and saying, okay, he's not a monster. He's just troubled. He needs help. He shouldn't be in this position. No, they're saying he's a monster in, their, in his personal relationship. Right. Well, she actually said he's not a monster. Well, the was one, this the one that was, me- that was emotionally? The one that was yeah, physically Yeah, the one that abused? was grabbed in the shower. Um, this just, other guy was fucked up, too, though. The Sorensen guy putting cigarette cigarettes out on his wife's what? hand. Oh, my God. And, like, that, like he, ugh. Like, I she mean, shows a scar It's just stuff. what I like sexually. <laughs> that's all. And, you know nothing, nothing harmful there. I I personally think that these kind of mistakes are not the kind that, you know, you can just be like, oh, but they're still good people. Because I get that they, they they could be good people, but it's, it's just, to me, taking away from... Well, sure, if yes. you're getting a job at Taco Bell, but you're working for the fucking White House. Right. And, and you, you need to not be compromisable, exactly. if that's a word. Yeah. That's, that's actually, I think, it's the main point. And then also Trump and Kelly are both... Well, Kelly redacted a statement, but Trump was like, well, the guy is good at his job, so that's my response to this, is that... Trump doubled down today. Really? Yeah, he actually said, he almost, he pulled his there's good people on both sides thing. He said, oh, he yeah. said that a lot, you know, sometimes 
it's true, but a lot of these accusers are wrong and we need to, you know, basically, yeah. yeah. He said people's lives are ruined when unfounded claims are just released to the media. He's just not the yeah. best spokesperson for yeah. this, I gotta say. It's like, I'm not trying to ruin your life, I'm just trying to not let you have a job right next to the goddamn Seriously? president of the United that's, States. That's yeah. all I would ask. When you're blackmailable. Yes. <laughs> and, and I feel like, because when I listened to an interview with one of his ex-wives, she was saying that in his personal life, or professional life, he's great, fantastic, mm-hmm. really good at his job. Right. But then he has these deeply rooted anger issues that only come to the surface in mm-hmm. his most intimate relationships. Yeah, behind closed doors, Which yeah. I guess is how, uh, you know, he domestic... I've been very lucky to not been, be in any domestically yeah. abusive relationships, but... Um, but yeah, just saying it's the most intimate relationships and scenarios where those anger issues really come out. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but yeah, I guess, I mean, unless him and Trump are fucking, that wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. Like, is he boning the Trump man? Or? It makes me sad that John Kelly... Uh, like came out in defense of him though in the beginning because even though he did take it back it's just sad what's it gonna take we can't all have pictures you know like people should take pictures we should have video but we can't always it's just tough you know that's uh, yeah well don't beat your fucking wife i'm sorry yeah it seems easy (laughs) seems very simple don't have fetishes that include putting out cigarettes on people's skin that's That's a that's a good thing. Mm, just yeah, I don't know. If you want to be in politics, you can't do shit like that, I guess. Uh, well, Jaleesa, thank you very much for uh, reporting on this week's love story. Oh yeah, for so Valentine's Day. <laughs> Can we get a little uh, like little Peter Frampton in the background, like or, oh, yeah, or some you know some uh, some Reverend Green or something? Yeah. Well, do, do you wish them the best, Hope, Hope and Porter? What, what are you thinking? Here? Do I wish Hope. them the best? Yeah, like what's your thought? I guess we haven't really talked about their relationship. Like, what do you think about? I her? want them all to go to fucking jail. <laughs> <laughs> weird right yeah i don't wish them the best of anything i mean if they could be jail lovers i guess that's cool because fundamentally people need need love jails though i don't know i don't know what federal federal government prison looks like (laughs) (laughs) probably just in their house yeah oh yeah just house anklet like good old manafort and his little ankle bracelet that's so, right. yeah. that's so sad if he wants to go get a massage or something. He'd be like, oh, just ignore the ankle bracelet. <laughs> Happy ending, please. <laughs> so anyway, thanks, Julissa, for that. I thought oh, yeah. that was very touching. Um, <laughs> Jordan, you have some information for us about the Dem Memo this week. Tell us more about that. Yes, yeah, so all over the news, uh, the HIC, as we learned, the House Intelligence Committee uh, minority group wants the Democrats, a.k.a. they have this memo prepared that they want to release and of course Trump blocks it. So and he blocks it for the same reason why uh, intelligence groups told him he should not allow the release of the Nunes memo. So he's saying and it's not only him, it's also Christopher Ray and Rosenstein are both saying they wrote a letter to the House Intelligence Committee in response to the Democratic memo saying that They shouldn't release it, and they actually highlighted and then put apparently red square boxes around the things that were especially potentially compromising to national security, and they're set to go meet with the HIC on Tuesday and talk through that, and... Trump is trying to present himself now as though he's being very reasonable, and he's like, what's the big idea, guys? All I'm saying is I want to protect national security, that's all. <laughs> all just, of a sudden, I give a shit about exactly, intel. Exactly, and uh, uh, if the little unfortunate mishap of him allowing the, the blatant release of the Nunes memo that was advised by FBI intelligence officials to not be released for that very same reason, <laughs> then it would be a little bit more of a noble cause that he has right now, but... 
you know, I guess whatever. Yeah, sure. Let's let this go for a couple weeks and then see if they actually do meet with Rosenstein and Ray. And if they can come to some compromise on things and then still release compromising information about the Nunes memo. Yeah, I can't imagine that happening, though. But well, the good news is nobody gives a shit about the, the Nunes memo anymore. <laughs> Everyone's like, that was stupid. And now that Trump has blocked this one, it's almost better for, for Democrats. But, I mean, a lot of people now are, are saying, oh, did he just block it? Um, you know, or did, did, uh, did the Democrats put classified intel in there so trump would have to block it yeah we just saw that on cnn hon i think um this have come like that's the idea is that they both had like they both had the same classified yeah but sorry yeah no no it's fine and then i've also heard distinctions made that it's not necessarily that there's blatantly compromising information that's in there but the discovery process one would have to go through to get down to the bottom of the claims mm-hmm. that are in there would you'd hit you keep hitting walls of classified information. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely true. That's yeah. you. It's you would have to release pretty much the entire FISA application, um, which is definitely super classified. So. And it really just comes down to this fact too. And we talked about this a couple episodes ago. There's an inspector general that should be like if there's if there's any sort of investigation that needs to be brought against the FBI and anyone that's in the intelligence committee mm-hmm. to see if they incorrectly, you know, went through the FISA warrant process and it was based on faulty information or politically, which again is not there's nothing illegal about it even being based on right. the Steele dossier. That was initially initiated by the Republican Mm -hmm. opponent to Trump, let's just not forget that, and was then taken over by Hillary, and so everyone wants to just say it's a democratically motivated discovery, but there's another process for this to happen wherein they do an actual investigation into the FBI and the intelligence committees, and it doesn't have to be publicly released like this, so it's not this debauchery right now that people can't actually sort out. I personally think the IG is probably already looking into the FISA warrant uh, application process, specifically for the Carter Page FISA warrants. Uh, This is generally how the IG operates. They'll get a tip. They'll start investigating. We might not know about it, and we might not know the conclusion of it, because unless they come up with criminal culpability in any, you know, reasonable doubt, they will generally open a full investigation on it or, or, or appoint a special counsel, because you can't appoint a special counsel without that and uh, you certainly, if an IG, if the IG comes to you and says, we have this and, and there is possible criminal activity, they will um, be all for uh, putting a special counsel in there. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see how that meeting goes on Tuesday with Ray and Rosenstein and see if anything actually, any productive things can come out of there. And then we actually see the release of the Democratic memo. I would be amazed. And meanwhile, Bannon that same day is going to be talking to Mueller behind closed doors. <laughs> that should be fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I don't buy this whole bullshit that Trump all of a sudden gives a shit about classified information. Yeah. Like, he, he leaves keys in lock bags <laughs> laying around. He's got dozens of White House aides and appointees without security clearance. The Mar-a-Lago North Korea missile launch dinner where he's got everybody, like, helping him see the the classified documents with their oh, yeah. cell phone lights about the North about, Korea yeah. missile launch. The whole uh, um, leaking Israeli intel to oh, the yeah. Russians in the Oval mm-hmm. Office, releasing the Nunes memo, which, like you said, is the exact same fucking intel that blocks him from releasing this memo, but he let the Nunes memo come out, which has, like, already confirmed lies in it, confirmed by Nunes himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he, he's... <laughs> 
His history is just not pointing towards concern for security. Yeah, it's and, clearly and, political, politically motivated. And does this potentially become another obstruction of justice charge? It could know. add to a pattern. And there, there was a poll on Twitter today, right before we started the show, out of 14,000 people, 91% believe that the, his blocking of the memo was politically motivated, not because of classified intel. Oh, yeah. So, you know, why aren't they taking him to court? I don't know. But uh, we'll be right back with this week's questions and the Fantasy Indictment League. You're with us, Ron. What do you think? She, she, it's terrible. She has beautiful eyes and her hair smells like cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Loud noises. All right, everyone relax. She's not going to take anyone's airtime. I read somewhere that their periods attract bears. The bears can smell the menstruation. Well, that's just great. You hear that, Ed? Bears. Now you're putting the whole station in jeopardy. Thank you so much for listening to Muller She Wrote. This show is always free unless you subscribe, but there are other ways to support the podcast that really do mean a lot to us. Leaving us a rating or subscribing to us on your podcast platform. You can follow us on Podbean and leave a comment. You can like us on Facebook and give us a rating. You can also follow us on Twitter. You'll automatically be entered to win a PlayStation 4, so that's awesome. Engaging with us on social media really helps us make the best show possible for our listeners. We enjoy the feedback. This show is for you, so we look forward to hearing from you, and we thank you for your support. All right, we're back, you guys. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about this report from Thursday from the Washington Post about Christopher Steele. It's a really great piece. Last September, uh, as we all know already, Steele reached out to uh, the FBI after taking after talking to colleagues about what he should do with all this explosive Trump information. He knew he was being pay- paid for political oppo research, but according to sources close to him, he felt like he was, uh, quote, sitting on a nuclear bomb. Uh, by the time Steele began working with Fusion GPS... The project was exclusively Democratic, um, though it had started previously with a backing from the Washington Free Beacon, like you were talking about, Jordan. Mm-hmm. And they're a conservative group. So after he sent this, uh, his memo to Fusion <clears throat> via courier, by the way, he had it hand carried and he didn't, want to, he didn't trust to send it electronically. Uh, he hand carried it over to Washington. Uh, he was so concerned about what he had found that he had contacted a former U.S. FBI operative in Rome that he worked closely with. Uh, on the investigation into FIFA, the soccer association. Mm. Uh, he said uh, about why he contacted the FBI, quote, uh, you know I have obligations, professional obligations. If there's a national security emergency or possible national security issue, I should report it, unquote. So Steele met with his FBI contact in Rome in July of 2016, uh, about the same time Manafort was spilling his guts to to the dude, and they, we found the, the, oh, yeah. the Volney tape that's out there right now. But early in the fall, Steele reached out to Sir Richard Dearlove, that's his former MI6 boss, and he asked him for guidance about how to handle this professional obligation. He's like, what What should I do? And oddly, Dearlove told him about a time when he was head of uh, MI5 at the Washington, D.C. house, and he had learned that one of the potential candidates for VP, for vice president of the United States, was in communication with the Kremlin. <laughs> and that's where they left it in the article. And I'm like, who was it? Yes. <laughs> so I did my own research. Okay, so I, I looked up his career and I found out, and my article links will be in the newsletter, and I found out that he was in D.C. at the Washington House from 1991 to 1993. So this was the election between Bush, Perot, and Clinton. Oh, okay. yeah. 
So Bush had brought Quayle with him from the 88 election. So that wasn't a new VP candidate. That's that's Quayle. Mm -hmm. But Clinton chose Gore after great deliberation. And one of Clinton's early candidates for VP was John D. Rockefeller IV. Now, the Rockefellers have a, a few ties to Russian oil, like going all the way back to the Bolshevik Revolution. Like the Rockefellers are that the biggest sense, oil people in the world. Yeah. So I don't know. Just an interesting <laughs> rabbit hole in this article. I'm like... Probably the Rockefeller fella. That would make sense. Uh, I, I again, that, I'm totally. I have no idea if that's. Yeah, well. that's so interesting. Uh, so, but anyway, back to the dear love thing. He recommended that Steele work discreetly with top officials in the British government to pass this information along to the FBI. So he sought advice from several people, including Wood, a British former ambassador to Moscow. And and when Steele met with the four FBI officials in Rome, it became clear uh, to him, at least, that the FBI already developed intel that corroborated what Steele was telling them. Particularly, and, and specifically, the Papadopoulos had told an Australian guy in a London bar that um, the Trump campaign was getting uh, getting hacked Russian dirt on Hillary Clinton. And Steele had also found that out, but not through Papadopoulos. So, in fact, Papadopoulos never even surfaced in Steele's research. He's not in the dossier at all. Just a happy coincidence. <laughs> That's called motherfucking corroboration, is that is. <laughs> but from that point, the FBI felt Steele's research was uh, credible, and, and, and they wanted to keep working with him. They used it in part to obtain a FISA warrant to surveil Carter Page, right? Um, and Steele also shared another report from Cody Shearer, that he got from a State Department official, which they had received from Sidney Blumenthal. That's a that's a Clinton friend and confidant. And in addition to Trump having financial ties to influential Russians, the Shearer memo also appeared to corroborate the P-tapes. So that was in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, the public at this point... <laughs> I just love the P-tapes. Oh, yeah. The public at this point uh, had no idea Trump was being investigated, right? Right before the election. We mm-hmm. didn't know. But Steele knew that he was under investigation, which is why he was shocked and pretty disillusioned when Comey announced reopening the investigation into Clinton days before the election. He had assumed that the FBI, uh, and was told that the FBI hadn't said anything about the Trump investigation because they have very strict rules on influencing elections. So when he came out and reopened the the Comey, or the, the Hillary, Hillary Clinton email Hillary. investigation, which was drafted by Strzok, the guy who everyone thinks was a, a Clinton... Buddy, buddy. Yeah. Uh, he Steele was like, what the fuck? He's like, damn it. Now I can't trust the FBI. Are they under Trump influence? So he stopped communicating with the FBI. Oh. Uh, after Trump won, though, Steele reached out to Wood, his friend, who then reached out to David Kramer. He's a former State Department guy who's really close with John McCain. And Kramer set up a meeting between Wood and McCain in Canada, Halifax, and said uh, when he told him, when Wood told him about, Wood shared the dossier with him, McCain was, quote, visibly shocked uh, by the intel. And he said, McCain said, uh, thank you for seeing me. You've done the right thing, and I'm grateful. My first thought has to be for my country. Nice. Then in uh, a private meeting in December, McCain gave Comey the dossier. Um, Steele's been out of the public eye ever since then, but sources say he has spent two days behind closed doors talking to Mueller. So. Wow. That's where we are with Christopher Steele. I just uh, I felt like uh, this this Washington Post reporting was really good. It kind of gave you this this great insight to who Steele is, and mm-hmm. that he was very trusted by the FBI. He's worked with the FBI on several things, including the FIFA um, scandal and 
and everything before said well before this and and he was a very trusted still yeah. a very trusted operative so british american hero yeah and is and, he going on our sexy justice calendar yeah i've got a i got a picture of him for sexy justice september what are we thinking what? <laughs> yeah. oh. hmm. i'll have to figure it out they'll be strategically placed nice yeah definitely uh, I want to get into this week's questions. We had a lot of questions this week. This awesome. is really cool. Probably because I asked for them. <laughs> uh, Dane Goading, at uh, citizen underscore Dane on Twitter, has said, uh, do we have any idea if the Shearer memo alleges the same kind of things uh, or just the same, like, same specifics or the same general pattern as the Steele dossier? And I think I answered that a little bit earlier when I talked about how it had the two specific things in it, which mm-hmm. was uh, the, um, the P-tape. And then some of the uh, financial ties to to influential Russians. Mm-hmm. So it's it's. I think the details are, are there. It's it's kind of. I would say the salacious P tape video is definitely specific. And then I think that the money ties are more general. So I guess the answer is both. Okay. Um, Greg Lagati at G Lagati asks: Can Mueller share info with New York Attorney General, and have New York indictments happen for Kushner? Uh, before the feds or can new york indictments happen for kushner before the feds good question it is and and yes i think i think we talked about this in episode six no way back the schneiderman episode way back when yeah yeah the schneiderman episode (laughs) we have we have names for them i'm so excited uh but yes as a matter of fact they're doing a lot of investigating in parallel and i think that um they're uh utilizing the same intel and information and evidence uh, they cannot be investigated at the same time, hmm. but they like you can't have two two indictments or something. Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I th- and I th- I believe that's the case, and so I think what they're I think what Schneiderman's doing is he's, he's just racking up all this evidence, um, getting it from Mueller, and then waiting to see where the federal investigation goes, and if the federal investigation is shut down or for some reason stalled, or um, I guess it would have to be shut down, then Schneiderman okay, could. Yeah, but but specifically what he's doing is that if the feds indict Trump or Don Jr. or Kushner and Trump pardons himself and other people, mm-hmm. then New York Attorney uh, General Schneiderman would, would pick up these cases and prosecute nice. them in the state court. Do you know that if Schneiderman would have to go through a redundant process to get all of that information, or could he just, is the evidence obtained by Mueller more or less public record? Uh, it's not public record. Um, or would it be later? It it's probably I I think it's been given to him by Mueller. Okay. Specifically, because he it's in his jurisdiction. Right. The, the New York money stuff. Oh yeah. He's like, oh, this is this is your here. Here's evidence. Your okay. Yeah. Uh, but you can't. You have to wait till I'm done. <laughs> Kind yeah. of. And, and and this is, again, all conjecture. I don't know what they've said to each other or how they're uh, able to legally share evidence with each other. Or um, if if I don't know if Schneiderman's found evidence of, of money laundering through New York uh, Trump properties that he's given to Mueller. Mm-hmm. And Mueller can obviously ask for any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I assume it, it's a two way street. Right. Um, but the, the whole point of, of the Schneiderman backup plan is for when and if Trump pardons people mm-hmm. from federal crimes then mm-hmm. they can be prosecuted prosecuted at the state level he cannot pardon a state crime very nice um, Jerry at JC Dulos one asked if Mueller is fired or slowed down do you think he has a backup plan oh yeah there it is right there and the answer <laughs> is yes 
<laughs> I, I knowing Mueller, he's got 19 steps ahead of this whole thing. He probably knows what happens if Jupiter crashes into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> he and Elon Musk had a talk yeah. about it. <laughs> he had some free time. Just wanted to get some. So, is the first uh, like backup plan, I guess, or specifically the pardon plan. But well, if uh, if Mueller's fired. Well, let's see. Did you ask if Mueller, yeah, if Mueller's fired? He'll just be replaced by another special counsel. Oh. If if Rosenstein's not fired, Rosenstein will appoint that person. Okay. So that the investigation so the investigation will continue. Um, it it might put a, a wrench in it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I have a feeling Mueller's going to full steam ahead right now. Yeah. But and, and I think he also has um, what he's done, and this is just my opinion, is that he's probably gathered all the evidence that he needs except for interviews. So that he doesn't have to go through a new, um, if if Rosenstein's fired, he 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 won't have to go through a new person to get permission to to investigate new things. He's got mm-hmm. all the evidence already. Yeah, he would just have to go through them to get evidence to charge and indict people. So I don't okay. know about that either, but I, I'm I'm sure he does. I I, I sleep well at night knowing that he is <laughs> many many steps ahead of me. So nice. uh, Ryan B at Kingsfan twenty ninety nine. Uh, is that twenty ninety nine? Because that's when you think they'll win a Stanley Cup again. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love the Kings. <clears throat> I wondered if Trump. Uh, he says I, he wondered if Trump talked to Rachel Brand and maybe pushed her out when he found out she wouldn't fire or block the Mueller investigation. That's what I think. I think he talked to her, found out what her position was, realized that she wouldn't be party to that kind of a th- obstruction of justice, mm-hmm. and then I think he went to his buddies at Walmart. Only and, the Walmart justice. <laughs> and then I think he went to his buddies at Walmart and said, give her a job, give her an offer she can't refuse. I wonder. Mm-mm. I don't know either. I'm making that up. I, that's, I'm guessing. I would take the Walmart job. Well, it's hard to imagine, but... Depends on how much money it is, yeah, I guess. How much? It Would it be a lot of money that I could help other people with, like, to counter the Walmart yeah. scourge? Yeah. Then maybe... Uh, Christine Insider uh, at Seguira, S-I-G-U-I-R-Y-A, Seguria, wants to know how likely it is that Pence will also be taken out by the investigation. And I think it's very likely because Pence said he didn't know about any of this and nobody told him. But he was the head of, he was the, head of the transition team. Mm-hmm. And when Mueller got a hold of the GSA emails... Um, the transition emails, mm-hmm. he, he got all the evidence he needs against Pence. We have an episode, too, that we I covered that on a segment. Yeah. I think it's like it's the third segment. episode or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the beginning. What, if she wants to listen it to that. It would really, really behoove you to go back and listen to these old episodes, if you haven't. I think I think our new phrase is, uh, get caught up before shit goes down. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. Um, uh, Dane Goding also asked, this is the same guy from earlier, if uh, FISA is rare and hard to get or if it's super easy to rubber stamp. And Jordan has the answer to this question. Go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, so I did some research on this. Uh, I'll try to keep this as short as possible because it's kind of a long answer. I mean, the short answer is yes, it's very difficult. Really, really hard to get it. There's a huge, there's so many steps of bureaucratic processes that they have to go through. Um, so the former prosecutor, or a former former federal prosecutor in Chicago, his name is Renato Mariath, I believe, says it is in response to the same question you asked. He says it's extremely difficult. And in fact, the goal inside the FBI is to hold yourself to such a high standard that you would never get rejected by the court when you actually bring the request to them. Mm -hmm. So there's a few steps. There's a lot of uh, basically 
the breakdown of it, the Bureau initially does a quote-unquote threat assessment to determine whether a suspect might be working with foreign intelligence. If so, an investigation is opened and agents gather initial material for a warrant, such as info gathered from other methods like human sources, physical surveillance, bank transactions, or even documents found in the target's trash. Um, wow. And so just speaking to a foreign, this is important, just speaking to a foreign government isn't enough. The FBI needs to demonstrate that the suspect knew he or she was helping that foreign government. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like that's a high, that's a high threshold. Yes. Of proof. That's yeah, a really totally. high, you have to prove intent. Intent's always hard to prove. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's like the obstruction of justice charge. Oh, yeah. It's really hard to prove that. Once the evidence is gathered, a warrant application is written by lawyers in an FBI field office before going to the FBI headquarters in Washington for more approvals. Then lawyers from inside the FBI's National Security Division undertake something called the Woods Procedures, quote unquote. These are just a goal. Uh, these are just procedures that their goal is to essentially ensure accuracy with regard to the facts supporting probable cause, the existence and nature of any related criminal investigations or prosecutions involving the subject of the FISA warrant, and the existence and nature of any prior or ongoing asset relationship between the subject and the FBI. And finally. Only after all this uh, does a senior Senate-confirmed Department of Justice official sign off, and the warrant request package is finally sent to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, which is oversaw by 11 different judges on a rotating basis. (laughs) So when they go back and get the renewals for these FISA warrants, it's, like, not likely to be the same judge. (laughs) And there you have it. Wow. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah, they, yeah they that call was good. They, that was interesting to read. They don't call yeah. it bureaucracy for nothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can include the link to that article, too, yeah. in the newsletter. Yes, yeah, please. Question. That would be great. All right, you guys, it's time for this week's Sabotage! All right, Kyle Crane this week asked us about the DOJ succession executive order and how the brand resignation will affect the investigation. The EO, which was signed EO, Captain EO, Executive order, <laughs> which was signed in March of 2017. March of 2017. That's three months into the into the presidency. Mm-hmm. Sets up the DOJ order of succession as AG, Deputy AG, Associate AG, and then U.S. Attorney of the Eastern District of Virginia, and then the, the U.S. Attorney of the North Carolina of the North Carolina <laughs> and the Texas. Give Those are too the, much credit. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the three. Um, so. You know, and and I I need to look up still if the North Carolina and Texas guys are there. Have they been fired? They, I mean, most of most of them were fired. Forty nine of them were fired. So right. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and this is a good question because I'm wondering if this systematic removal of all these officials, slowly leading to the firing of Rod Rosenstein, mm-hmm. Stein, will uh, will change the speed at which Mueller operates. That's what I'm wondering. I know last week I gave you this whole long speech, like, be patient, chill out. But mm-hmm. now I'm wondering if, because of Rachel Brand just re- resigned, that this isn't the sabotage. Is this going <clears> to <throat> is this gonna uh, change the speed at which he operates? Is he going to uh, maybe unseal some indictments now or get some of these charges out before he has to maybe get permission from someone other than Rod Rosenstein? Yeah. Uh, and what's his backup plan? You know, is it, we have the AG, uh, so, uh, Attorney General of New York. Um, does he have all the evidence he needs? Like, I think he does. But what if he wants to charge people, like I said, and the new the new DOJ person overseeing the Mueller investigation, uh, if he fires Rosenstein, doesn't allow him to, to put these indict people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I already mentioned the person taking Rachel Brand's place, if Trump doesn't appoint a temp acting uh, AAG, would be, his name's Noel Francisco. 
He's yeah. the Solicitor General. Um, Solicitor General is also who fired the uh, special prosecutor during uh, Nixon's Watergate oh, issue. So, might come down to the old Solicitor General. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Irrelevant title. Yeah. <laughs> I would never want that job. Um, now it's time to talk a little bit about how that may or may not impact... The, the Indictment, Indictment Fantasy, Fantasy League. League. For me... You guys, this changes nothing. I think. I think, <laughs> I think it could. Uh, I think it might. It could speed things up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I feel that Mueller wouldn't charge anyone sooner than uh, his investigation would allow. Like I don't think he would go off half cocked or anything. Uh, but I think he's got enough evidence to indict a lot of people in right. House Trump. He's just waiting to do so until he talks to Trump, so he doesn't tip his hand. But we might not have time to do that now, which which may be what Trump is counting on, maybe forcing Mueller to tip his hand and give him clues as to what evidence to destroy or how to yeah. build his defense. His lawyers could be telling him, yeah. They could. That could be the way that it goes. I don't mm-hmm. know. Wait till the clock runs out. Yeah. But Damn. That's, yeah. It's fucked up, right? Yeah. Waiting people out, I guess, is a very common tactic. Yeah. Yeah. So many... Like Shannon was telling us last week, she's like, just don't do anything. They'll hang themselves. Like yeah. they are so up their own asses right now that they just keep making the dumbest mistakes. And I'm kind of with her on that. I really yeah, like that idea. And Craig Tillman left us a review. Wanted to read it today. Five star review. She says the amount of information can be overwhelming, but the creators of Muller she wrote present all the week's twists and turns in a concise way. That's easy to follow. Their humor makes it fun while their analysis is on point. I'm a Patreon subscriber and will continue to support Mueller, she wrote, until Mueller takes dotard Trump and his cultists down. (laughs) Speaking of cults, you guys, next week we have Paige Wesley from the Cult Podcast that's going to join us and Armando, so that's going to be awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. Uh, we, I love cult podcasts and they're a Podbean uh, podcast as well, so check them out. Leave them a comment. Rate them. Love them. Well, you guys, this has been really great. I'm A.G., I'm Jordan Coburn. I'm Julissa Johnson. Thanks for listening to Muller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and mixing by Julissa Johnson. Additional sound clips from Nick McLaren. Our digital media director and subscriber manager is Jordan Coburn. Fact-checking and research by AG with support from Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our web design and creative is by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is MullerSheWrote.com. Hi, I'm Dan Dunn, host of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, the most wildly entertaining adult beverage-themed podcast in the history of the medium. That's right, the boozy best of the best, baby. And we have the cool celebrity promos to prove it. Check this out. Hi, I'm Allison Janney, and you're here with me on What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. And that's my sexy voice. Boom. Boom is right, Academy Award winner Allison Janney. As you can see, celebrities just love this show. How cool is that? Hey, this is Scotty Pippen, and you're listening to The Dan Dunn Show. And, wait, hold on. The name of the show is what? All right, sure. Scotty Pippen momentarily forgot the show's name, but there's a first time for everything. Hey, everyone, this is Scoot McNary. I'm here with Dan Dunn on What Are You Drinking? What's it called again? Fine, twice. But famous people really do love this show. 
Hi, this is Will Forte, and you're, for some reason, listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. What do you mean, for some reason, Will Forte? What's going on? Hi, this is Kurt Russell. Listen, I escaped from New York, but I couldn't get the hell out of Dan Dunn's happy hour. Please, send help. Send help? Oh, come on, Kurt Russell. Can somebody out there please help me? I'm Dita Von Tees, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Let me try one more time. Come on. Is that right? What we're no, drinking? It's amazing. It, it's it amazing. Right, it's just... Is it right? Ah, that's better. So be like Dita Von Teese, friends, and listen to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, available wherever you get your podcasts. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said... Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.